If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to take and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. It seems like we've uh, probably heard this story a couple of different times, maybe uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, but uh, it was the lectionary reading uh, for this coming Sunday in, uh, in the church calendar year, and so I thought, you know, we're going to look at this again, uh, because I think there's some important things that, uh, that spoke to me, and then hopefully that will speak to you as well. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to begin uh, there at verse 8. But before we do, would you pray with me, please? Mighty God, the shepherds of old were full of your praises, saying and singing all that they had seen and heard, and that was reflected by what they had been told. Stir in us, Holy Spirit, your presence, that we might hear and be moved to share and sing the news of the gospel. We praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ the child was born for you. Sometimes that just is like, wow. I don't think about that, you know, each and every moment of the day, but when we stop to really consider that Christ was born for you, it's an amazing thing, amazing thing. And thinking about births in our culture, uh, many parents, when they find out that they're expecting, want to share that good news, right? And so they send out, well, we used to send out, you know, cards and stuff like that. Now you get on, on Facebook or social media and you let, let all your friends and family know. And if you're liked and liked and liked and liked, you might be, you know, down that trickle effect of somebody who hears that news that it really wasn't directly sent to you, but you still heard that news that, oh, so-and-so is expecting. Wow, how cool. I, got, I just started to think and wonder about Mary and Joseph. They're expecting. They, I think they're in, in, in some way there's a little bit of excitement, and yet it's like, oh, my goodness. I mean, we, we know some of the backstory. We've heard some of the backstory of what was going on when that angel came to Mary and when the angel came to Joseph and the fear that Joseph had of, of taking Mary as his wife and all of those mixed emotions and feelings and yet there's this, this sense of excitement as husband and wife to be, they, they begin to embrace this good news. They wanna tell people, but they can't. But what if they could? What if they could? What if they could send out a little note that said, hey, wanted you to know we're expecting. I've got to believe if knowing what they know, that Mary is pregnant with the Christ child, the Messiah, the, the king, the king of the world, that they probably would send announcements maybe to the high priests, um, you know, maybe uh, Sadducees, the Pharisees, you know, those, those influential people in the community, just to make sure that they know that, that they have royalty in their home and that now somehow that's going to elevate them. It's just interesting to think about. Because that's not what happened, right? We know that that's not what happened. How did the word get, 
get leaked out? Where, where did this announcement come from? Let, let's look at, at Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. So Mary's given birth, and her and Joseph are there. Nobody else knows. And Luke records these words. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Shepherds. Why? Why shepherds? And again, many of us here know some of the backstory to shepherds. Shepherds at one time were maybe respectable, hardworking men who were raising these, these sheep and goats for, for sustenance, for food, but also for, for the sacrifices that would be given in the temple. So they had a very important job. And somewhere in history all along the way there, it, it fell to disgrace. Shepherds were considered to be uh, kind of the lowest people in society. Treated almost as unclean people because many times they were far from the temple. They could not keep up with the temple ordinances and the laws. They, they couldn't come into the temple because they were unclean. And so a lot of people had this, this kind of stigma about who shepherds were. And they were just doing their job, kind of minding their own business. In verse 8, it says that the shepherds were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So they were just doing what normally they would do. Shepherds, why the shepherds? Well, numerous commentators and scholars offer different explanations. And, and one of the ones that seems to kind of 
uh, filter through many of, of commentators is that shepherds made a connection with King David, who was a royal ancestor of, of Jesus, who also was a shepherd. When we think back into our, our Sunday school lessons, we, we, we remember that. When we think back to the teaching and the things that we've heard, we remember that. Oh, yeah, King David, okay, makes sense. Other scholars and, and commentators note this prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 33. Um, in the Old Testament, Jeremiah uh, in, in chapter 33, beginning at verse 13, he says this. In the towns of the hill country, of the western foothills of the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah, flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promises I made to the people of Israel and Judah. And then this verse, in those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. And so here we have another, another evidence of Old Testament prophecy of what is happening at this very moment, what's, what's transpiring on these fields outside of, of this town of Bethlehem. Shepherds doing what they should be doing, watching their sheep. But there's another reason that God made this announcement to them first, and the one that gives me comfort. It's the fact that the gospel is for everyone, even for those who might be considered the lowest on the social ladder. Some of us may be here today loaded with burdens of guilt or shame. We may feel that the world is against us. We, we have that anxiety and that, that weight on our shoulders sometimes of, of what we know is in our own closet, what we carry in our heart. And, and sometimes we just think, ugh, how can God love me? He does. God announced the good news to the shepherds, and he announces the good news to us. He reminds us again of the fact that the gospel, my son, is for everyone. And so we too might be startled and, and caught off guard. We might all of a sudden have that unexpectedness of, wow, just as these shepherds all of a sudden had this unexpected visitor. And we read about that in verses 9 through 14. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Some startling news there. Some totally unexpected thing happened when they were just out there doing their job. Who knows what, what shepherd had watched first the first hour, who had this to watch the second hour, the third. Maybe they were all playing euchre and just chilling while the sheep were, were in the sheep pen. A lot of times they would, they would gather brush and sticks and stones and things that they could make a little corral so that the sheep at least had a border. 
and, and they, would, they would herd the, the, the flock into there, and then they would make some kind of gate, or they would lay across the front of that gate to protect their flock. So they, they might have had a euchre game going on and just chilling there, and all of a sudden, boom, an angel appears to them. Some scholars believe that this was the angel Gabriel who had previously visited Mary and Zechariah in chapter 1. Add to the shock of that sudden appearance, it says that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. This is something that I never really thought about. The glory of the Lord shone around them not shown down on them, but around them. So the angel was on the ground. I don't know about you, but a lot of times, particularly as a young child, we see those Christmas cards, and the angels are always in the air. The light is always up above, coming down. But this angel, quite possibly, all of a sudden decided, hey, deal me in. And he sits down in the euchre, in the euchre, you know, group there and says, guess what? I've got some pretty cool news. And these guys are, you know, cards are flying and these guys are going, what? And they're terrified. They're fearful. So the angel was trying to reassure them that they had nothing to fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And again, that, that's, that's a common theme we see throughout Scripture. Whenever an angel or the glory of the Lord appears, that person or that group of people is just fearful. That's the natural response. And so the next, next wandering moments came here as the angel answered for them, why? Why, why are you here? What, what have we done? And he says that. He says, I bring you, in, in, in verse 10, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news. The message of the gospel, great joy to all who believe. To all who believe. Hang on to that a moment. The good news is about the birth of a baby in, in verse 11, the first part of verse 11, because today in the town of David, the angel is saying, this baby has been born to you, a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. And the fascinating thing about this announcement is the angel's statement about the good news becoming personal. He, he doesn't use... He doesn't use, you know, hey, for, for this region or, but it's for you, for unto you. As if he's just sitting right next to him. Unto you is born this baby. The angel was doing something more than telling the shepherds what happened. The angel also told them why it mattered. And again, naturally, a baby is born into a family. Parents, husband and wife, mother and father, maybe some siblings. There's, there's that, that family structure. But in this case, the child was not, not for necessarily a family unit, but for each and every one of these guys and for their salvation. 
sometimes I, I, I don't see that right away when I read this, the fact that the, the angel is announcing that the Savior has been born for you, for your salvation. Unto you is born a Savior. And up to this point, the angel didn't say exactly where the baby was born, and so he gets to that in verse, verse 11 there. He says, oh, kind of, hey, guess where this is happening? You see that little village just over there in the town of Bethlehem? Bethlehem's very significant again as we understand the entirety of, of Scripture because of the prophecies in, in Jeremiah and Isaiah and, and throughout the Old Testament. We know that this baby, this Messiah, is going to come from a royal priesthood, a royal line of King David. And David's hometown was Bethlehem. He's been born in Bethlehem. And then the angel gave, gave three titles here. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That identity, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. As one commentator put it, Savior points to his role as deliverer. Christ points to his office in terms of promised, anointed one of God. And Lord indicates his sovereign authority. The shepherds had to just be scratching their heads like, wow, why us? Why, why me? I've been given some pretty important news here. But, but so you, 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 you know, I, I wondered if there was some dialogue going on there because, okay, so this, this baby, he's born for us. He's, he's Christ the Lord. He's our Messiah. Uh, and, and he's in Bethlehem. But, I mean, Bethlehem, there's, there's maybe a couple hundred people, 300 people. How, what are we supposed to do? And the angel says, well, just don't get ahead of yourself. He's, he's born in the town of Bethlehem, and you're going to find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Oh, well, that, that, that really is helpful. How many houses are there? How many, how many little uh, stalls are there? You know, there, there's, there's obviously farmers in this community, so we've got our work cut out for us here, I guess. It's not like he gave him an address, really, other than Bethlehem, manger, baby in the manger. But there's, there's some significance, too, here as, as you read different commentators and you go, hmm, I wonder. That's just, it's not coincidental. It's interesting. Because there is significance in those very words that this baby is wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, in, in maybe your mind, at least in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, well, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some babies be born. And, you know, with my own kids, when, when my son or, or daughter was born, I, I got handed the baby and it was wrapped really tight in, in, in cloths. And, and yeah, 
So, of course, and we put it in a, in a basket or we put it in, you know, in the sterile tray in the hospital. Of course, the baby's going to be wrapped in cloths and put in a place where the mom doesn't have to hold it all the time. Makes sense. But going back and looking at history, looking at the context, again, of, of the importance of this announcement to these guys, Shepherds would raise sheep, and we know that sheep were used for the sacrifice in the temple. That sheep had to be blameless, spotless. And so when a shepherd had, had a ewe that, that gave birth, he would look that, ewe, that, that baby, that baby uh, sheep over, and man, this is, this is perfect. He's going to take and wrap that baby sheep up, and he's going to put it in a manger so it doesn't get soiled, so it doesn't get stepped on, so it doesn't get pooped on. He's going to do everything he can to protect that, that baby sheep from becoming unclean. And so he wraps it and he puts it in a manger. And again, our mangers, what we see, what we had up here, you know, the wood manger with some straw in it. No, the other reason why the shepherd may have wrapped that sheep up was because mangers back then quite often were stone. And they didn't want that little, sh that little sheep to, to get cut or scraped by twisting and turning in that, in that stone manger. And so they wrapped that, that little sheep up and they put it in that manger and they guarded that manger so that nothing would happen to that little sheep. of a meaning, meaningful foreshadowing of, the sh of, of, of Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who is wrapped and put into a manger. Just interesting little stuff like that. It's like, hmm, just makes it more real to me, in a sense. So they, they know where this is this has taken place, and the angel is, is there with them, and all of a sudden it says in verse 13, there was a great company of the heavenly host that appeared with the angel and praising God and saying. So this, this, this host of angels must have all of a sudden just encamped right around the shepherds on the ground, and they were heard saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest of heavens. And on earth to whom, peace on earth to whom his favor rests. And, and they were just so excited to share that good news. And looking back, again, the word peace on earth. Looking back at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. We read about the details of a decree that was issued by Caesar Augustus. Rome's in power. Caesar Augustus had, had created the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. It was attributed to Caesar, to Augustus. He introduced that Roman peace. And so Augustus was hailed as the one who ended many years of civil war, and he introduced that into culture and society there. And people were, were duped into thinking that, yeah, we have peace on earth. 
But Augustus only gave peace on earth as long as it was consistent with the interests of the empire. And as long as it was consistent with who he wanted as far as his image, right? But those who may have enjoyed Roman peace didn't have rest for guilty souls, which is precisely the peace that God provides, that God alone provides. With this statement, we see a little glimpse of the doctrine of election as well. To those on whom his favor rests. That's a technical phrase in the, in the first century um, Judaism for, for God's elect. And the shepherds are a perfect example. They did not choose God. God chose them. They then had to respond in faith, and in part, it was the sovereign grace of God that they were chosen then to receive this good news. And so similarly with us. God has chosen you. God has chosen us. He's revealed himself to you and to me and to many others, but are we responding in faith? Do we understand the good news that, that is within us? Luke tells us next that, that in verses 15 and 16, the shepherds heard the good news. They believed what they heard, and, and they acted on that. They had faith enough to say, you know what? Hey, let's, uh, let's close up this gap here in the sheep pen, and these guys are going to be okay because this is way too cool to pass up. We believe what we just heard, and let's get to Bethlehem. And so they started down, down the hillside into that little village of Bethlehem. And, and I don't know if they were knocking on doors. Hey, do you got a stable? Hey, hey, do you got a place out back? Hey, do you have a baby here? Nope, nope, wrong one. And I don't know how long it took them to find the baby. And I don't know what their worship was like, but they found Mary and Joseph and the baby wrapped in cloths in a manger, just as the angel predicted it would be. And they couldn't contain that information. The events of that night just rocked their world. It set a trajectory in the course of human history that is still ongoing today. Verse 16, so they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And in verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. They told everyone. They had to have left there just with joy, jumping, maybe patting each other on the back, you know, wrestling each other's shoulders. Man, can you believe what we just saw? It's incredible that God would make that announcement to us that, that we've been able to witness this, the, the, the first to witness this. And to share with people along the way, they probably were jovial going through the streets and people are, hey, what are you so happy about? Well, let me tell you. And all who heard it were amazed. Like, are these shepherds drunk? Are they high? What, what, what's going on here? And they just kept telling people as they began to, to go back up to their flock. 
shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And, and Mary, Mary was just sitting back there going, wow. God's at work. God's doing something here for him to tell these guys and for these guys to find us and to share with us what they had heard and seen. Just, wow. She treasured up those things in her heart. And I got to believe she treasured those things up because someone had to tell Luke. And she was the eyewitness, right? And so Luke is saying, slow down, Mary, slow down. What, what had happened again? Tell me. You got to be kidding me. Okay. Let me make sure I got the details right. Luke, Luke recorded that. And I'm sure Mary had spoken some of those, those very things that happened on that night. The shepherds heard the revelation of, the, of God from the angel. They believed what they had heard. And they responded in faith by telling others about Jesus. And they worshiped God. It's 2023. I want to encourage us similarly in a response as we step into this new year. We don't all have the gift maybe of standing in front and, and talking to a large group of people. And believe me, it was like my nerves were so, I was just, you know, twisting and turning aside. I had butterflies in my stomach before the service. I always get that way. It's just like if you've ever played a sport and, and before the game, it's like, come on, let's go, let's go. I want to get going. Each of us have been given a gift. And, and Jerry, you're created differently than I am. And Shiloh, you're created differently than I am. Dennis, Russ, Caleb, Linda, we're, we're all created differently. And praise God for that because there's going to be people that, that come into your life that you're going to be able to, to speak to, that you're going to have that that presence with, that you're going to be able to share with them. Wow, this is, this is pretty amazing. Let me, let me just pray for you. Uh, let me share with you what God's been doing in my life as we encourage one another, as we share the good news of Jesus Christ. As we go into this new year, we don't know what's necessarily going to happen tomorrow. We have ideas, but we don't know. We can't count on that. I didn't know it was going to snow, snow this morning. I don't believe our weathermen. <laughs> so we, we, have to go, we have to go into this new year as a follower of Jesus, realizing and recognizing what, what gift we have to share the good news that has been given to us and to praise and worship God together collectively on Sunday mornings as we gather or in Bible studies or in small groups or, or as we have that quiet time with the Lord. I just got to put a shameless plug in. I forgot to bring, my wife wanted me to put a plug in for the Bible recap. Google or look up the Bible recap. It's a, it's a Bible reading app and it's a process where you can read through the whole Bible in a year. And she just completed that. And I jumped in with her kind of halfway through, but it's a phenomenal tool. 
And there are other tools out there, too, where, where we get into the Word of God, make time to read the Word of God daily. And to allow it to just wash through your mind and your heart, to renew you, refresh you, encourage you, and challenge you that this, this gift that I have, this, this thing that I can hold and read, this relationship with, with Jesus Christ, who is my Savior, I, I want to share that with other people. Maybe, maybe as animated as I am now, maybe just in a simple, quiet conversation. And if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's no better time to do it. Don't wait. Don't wait. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Jesus came for everyone. No matter if you're entangled and embroiled in, in a sinful uh, speck at the moment in your life where, where there's challenges, Jesus came for you and he wants that relationship with you. He wants you to understand his love and his grace and his mercy and the promises of his word. So no matter what situation in life you may be in, Jesus is that good news for you. If you trust him, if you trust him and believe in the fact that he paid the penalty for your sin, I'd love to talk with you, and I'll be around for a little while after the service. But don't wait. Don't wait too long. This is so important, and it's such good news that we need to share it with others. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you that you've brought us through another year, some with some real challenges. Some of us have had some setbacks. Some of us have been just knocked down and, and beaten. And we feel the effects of that. But you're, you're faithful and you're with us even in those moments. Help us to catch a glimpse of that and to be reminded of the fact that your love, your grace, and your mercy continues to be poured out on us. Help us to share that good news that has been given to us with others. We praise and thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen.